0: Jesus, of course, delivered the Great Commission. Uh, In it comes the command for all peoples of the earth to be reached with the good news. But who was Jesus speaking to? Is the Great Commission given to the original apostles only, or to the church at large, or to particular local churches, or to frontline missions-minded types, or is the Great Commission given to each and every Christian? That's a question from a listener named David. Hi, Pastor John. A friend recently suggested to me that we should interpret the Great Commission as a command to make disciples for the church at large, not as a command directed to every individual believer. Do you think this command to reach the nations is better interpreted for apostles and key church leaders and even whole local churches, or should we take this as a personal commission from Jesus given to every individual Christ follower? Let's start by
1: analyzing the questions themselves. So the first one is Should we interpret the Great Commission as a command for the church at large, not as a command directed to every individual believer? Now, what would that mean to treat the Great Commission as a command for the quote, church at large? Wouldn't that leave the very same questions for individual believers as if the command were given directly to him? I mean, since if you think the command is given to the church at large and you don't think the whole church at large is going to reach all the peoples, but only individuals in that church at large— those individuals are the ones who are going to actually touch the unreached peoples, then you have to decide, well, which individuals are going to do that in the church at large? And that would fall on each individual with the same question as if the command were directed to him directly. Does this mean going personally or supporting the cause uh, through others going personally? So I don't— think it really solves any practical issue at all to say that the command is directed to the church at large. So that's, that's my analysis of the first question. Here's the, here's the next one. Same clarification is needed when he asks, should we take this as a personal commission from Jesus given to every individual Christ follower? Well, if we say yes, then we have to clarify by asking, well, do you mean— that Jesus commands every single believer to be a missionary to the nations with the gospel and a focus on crossing cultures and reaching all the nations, which is, in fact, the focus of the Great Commission, not just local evangelism. And the answer to that question from the Bible is clearly no. He doesn't expect that or command that, and one evidence for that. Uh, is that Romans 15 is where Paul is recruiting people from Rome not to go with him to Spain, but to support him as he goes to, to Spain. And he knows that all those people he's writing to in in Rome, all those Christians who where the gospel is already rooted, they have jobs and and they have networks of relationship. And so he's not calling them, say, hey, now, all you serious Christians, everybody get on a boat and go with me to, to Spain. He's saying, support me as I go. So it's clear from the New Testament that God does not expect every person to hear the Great Commission and hear in it a summons to cross a culture and be a, a missionary. I do think that 1 Peter 2 9 instructs all believers to declare the excellencies of Christ in their network of relationships. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light. But the New Testament does not teach that every believer should be a cross-cultural missionary of Christ trying to penetrate unreached people's as a frontier missionary. So let's go back for just a moment to the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Those words, go make disciples of all nations, are addressed to the 11 apostles. We see that in verse 16, it's the 11 who are gathered. But the clue that Jesus intends for the command, not just to be for the 11, but to some group outliving the 11, The clue is at the end of verse 20, where the the warrant, the ground, the support for the command is the promise, behold, I am with you, and then he tells how long this warrant is going to last, to the end of the age. So the task will last as long as... God promises to help at last, namely, I'm going to be with you in this task to the end of the age. So the question is, and every generation of believer has to to ask this, the question is, who picks up the mantle in the following centuries? And it's not enough to say either every individual does or The whole church does. It's not enough, because neither of those answers helps decide, well, who's going to do it? Who's going to actually get off their rear end and risk their life penetrating the remaining unreached peoples of the world? That's the critical issue. Every individual doesn't do it, and the church as a whole doesn't do it. Specific human beings do it. Hopefully supported by every individual and supported by the whole church, but it's, it's individual people that take the gospel cross cultures to other people. Where do they come from? Who are they? How do they come into being? How do they get authorized, gifted, equipped, sustained? Now here's my, here's my biblical pointer toward an answer. Jesus said in John ten fifteen and 16, I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, and one shepherd. In other words, Jesus shed his blood. I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus shed his blood to gather his sheep from other folds besides this Jewish fold. They are, according to John eleven fifty two, these sheep are scattered all over the world, and they are to be gathered in. He laid down his life to gather them in. And then he says, they will listen to my voice. How will they listen to His voice? They will hear His voice through human voices that make known the truth of Jesus. So Jesus prayed in John, in, uh, John 7, 20, seventeen twenty. I do not ask for these only, but for all those who will believe in me through their word. Now. Wherever the word of the apostles, through their word, wherever the word of the apostles is echoed in the mouth of emissaries of Jesus, people come to faith. So the answer to the question, how will the nations and peoples be reached, is by means of believers— Opening their mouths and telling the good news deposited by the apostles in the New Testament concerning the gospel of Jesus. And who are those cross cultural emissaries? Who are they? And I'll just say briefly in closing for 33 years in pastoral ministry, carrying this burden and raising this question and living with this reality of unreached peoples all over the world while I sit and work here in Minneapolis, for 33 years it was an absolute wonder and glory and beauty to watch God appoint from among his children those who felt a relentless, irresistible, biblically informed, spiritually mature, church-based, miraculous, calling on their lives to get themselves to a cross-cultural frontier for Christ's sake. So my answer is that the Great Commission is to be loved and supported and advocated for by all who love what Jesus loves. How can you not? And that among these, in churches where the gospel is preached and the burden of missions is lifted up, God mysteriously and miraculously, wonderfully calls his frontier emissaries.
0: Amen. Thank you, Pastor John. And thank you for listening and continuing to support this podcast and listening and uh, financially supporting us as well in these labors. You can stay current with the episodes that we release through your phone or device by subscribing to the Ask Pastor John podcast through your preferred podcast app. And of course, you can follow us through YouTube now as well. If you want to search our past episodes or to listen to our most popular episodes of all time or to send us a question of your own, do all those things through our online home at DesiringGod.org forward slash John. Well, one reason parenting is such daunting work is because of the balance required of us parents. We don't want to be too strict or too lenient. We don't want to be too consequence-driven and not so gracious as to overlook rebellion. Into this balancing act comes a question from a young mom who wants to be kind and who expects to be obeyed. And that's the question on the table when we return on Wednesday. Until then, I'm your host, Tony Ranke. We'll see you then.